Coming up, a sparkly holiday rom-com. A beautiful book featuring a woman managing the pandemic. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. I like to spend December listening to holiday music, daydreaming about Russian tea cakes, and reading books set during the holidays, especially mysteries and horror stories. Give me a really good book about Krampus. That is a big month. It is. You got a lot going on. It's true. This year, I started early and I branched out a little bit with a Hanukkah rom-com called The Matzo Ball by Gene Meltzer. <laughs> That's a good name. It is a good name. And let me lay this on you. Matzo ball events are a real thing. Really? Every year on Christmas Eve in the United States, there are concerts and parties for young Jewish singles to mix and mingle. That's cute. But back to the book. Yeah. Our heroine is Rachel Rubenstein Goldblatt, and Rachel has a secret. What's her secret? Even though her father is a world-famous rabbi, she's the author of dozens of Christmas romance novels and made-for-TV movies. That could cause it a little internal family strife. And it does. <laughs> Rachel loves Christmas. Yeah. The office where she writes is decorated with hundreds of Santa figurines, a Christmas tree, and a toy train that circumnavigates the room on the hour. Year-round. <laughs> yes. Awesome. But this year, Rachel's publisher has challenged her to write a Hanukkah romance instead. And as you might expect, this sends her into a holiday tizzy. Yeah. Writing about Christmas is easy. For her, it's sheer tinsel-covered fantasy because she's never had a Christmas. Sure. But Hanukkah and romance, that is way too close to real life. Plus, she has another secret. What's that? She has chronic fatigue syndrome, which has seriously put the kibosh on her social life. And no one knows outside her family. Mm. So she hatches a scheme to find inspiration at a glitzy concert called the Matzo Ball, which is being held on the last night of Hanukkah. There is one major problem. I mean, she's got a bunch of problems, but there's one really big one. The Matzo Ball is sold out, and the only way to get a ticket is from its organizer, her arch nemesis, Jacob Greenberg. Her first love, who broke her heart at summer camp when they were teenagers. So this has got sort of a distinctly Hallmark Channel vibe to it. Completely. And I love it. <laughs> okay. Fun fact, during the month of December when I'm writing, I watch Netflix Christmas movies pretty much all day long while it's, I'm working. Yeah. Yeah, I'll frequently walk into the room and there's a laptop and on the laptop is a guy in a woolen coat and a beautiful looking girl looking longingly into each other's eyes. And that happens... With a Christmas tree in the background. Yes. And that happens all December long. A Castle for Christmas. I've watched it four times as a terrible movie and I love it completely. Enjoy the castle? Yes. It was magical. Well, that's up for sale. Moving on. Yeah. What I liked about this book. One. It weaves details about Hanukkah and Jewish traditions and Christmas spirit into the plot. It's full-on, delightful holiday propaganda that made me very excited for the holiday season. But it also does a really good job of exploring the impact of living with chronic illness and what that would mean for 
your social life and how much you enjoy the holidays. Two, Rachel is not a perfectly styled rom-com heroine. Her hair is frizzy. Her clothes are often a mess. She stumbles, literally and figuratively, in social situations. Some of the scenes play out like a screwball comedy. It made me laugh. And it warmed my heart. If you enjoy the glut of holiday movies on Netflix and Hallmark this time of year, as I do, you will love this book. It's The Matzo Ball by Jean Meltzer. So with most novels I read, I'm very aware that the author is telling me a story. Many novels might as well start Once Upon a Time, right? Uh, It feels like it's an elaborate fiction. It's frequently delightful, but still. And then occasionally I read something that feels like the author just pulled up a chair and started talking. Mm -hmm. And it feels so real that in my head I'm wondering, wait, did did this happen (laughs) to you? Is this the thing we're talking about? And that all brings me to Sigrid Nunez and her recent release, The Vulnerables. There is only a little story in The Vulnerables. Ron Charles of the Washington Post described the book as, quote, having a plot with a dangerously faint pulse. (laughs) His review of it was very complimentary. It was. Great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, An older woman lives in New York City when COVID breaks out. She is asked by a friend to watch over a parrot. One day while she's bird sitting, she runs into somebody else in that apartment. That person is not a killer. That person is not somebody she owes money to. It's someone who should be there but hasn't been. You might notice the lack of conflict in that story. (laughs) That's the whole story. (laughs) That's it. But Paul's Pounding Drama is not why you should read this book. You should read this book to spend time with the narrator. She is funny and thoughtful and insightful. She has plenty to say about life right now. It's easy to identify with her because we all remember what it was like in those first few months of COVID. She's also very well read. She drops her literary references everywhere in a way that is not off-putting, but inviting. I love that. When you can walk away from a novel with a new reading list. Yeah. What's better than that? Yeah, this does that. There's also the the voice, right? The voice that I'm still not sure is fiction. <laughs> Oh, that's the best feeling when it feels like the characters in a book are out in the world walking around and Mm -hmm. actually exist. Yeah. Yes. This is a beautifully written book. It's already on a few best books of the year lists. It's The Vulnerables by Sigrid Nunez. And now our distraction of the week. So we've had our fair share of chats about this, but let me shout it one more time from the board game Mountaintops. I'm not just a reader. I am also a gamer. (laughs) I will take... Ticking all those nerd boxes. Yeah. (laughs) I will take all the games, but there's a soft spot in my heart for traditional board games. Hold up a second. You will not take all the games. I would have to tie you down to make you play Trivial Pursuit. I will take all the quality games. (laughs) And guess what? It's that magical time of year again. It's board game season. Yay! The holidays are rolling in, which is the perfect excuse to crack open a new game. Whether you're looking for a distraction between cookie bites or a delightful post-gift unwrapping activity... 
Here are three board games released in the last couple of years that I can recommend. This first one is perfect for an afternoon with another person or two. It's called Suspects. Clara Harper Takes the Stage. Now, there are a lot of mystery-in-a-box games out right now. These are games where you're presented with a crime and suspects and motives, and you're trying to figure out what happened, like you were Lenny Briscoe on Law & Order. There are titles like Chronicles of Crime, which is a modern police procedural, or Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, where you're detecting around Edwardian London. That one is really fun. Yeah. And then there's this one, Suspects, which is set apart because of its its theme. This is Mystery in a Box meets Agatha Christie. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You are in the early 1900s, and in the first case, there's been a murder at the mansion, and you are the detective on the scene. Sign me up. Yep. The game is very nicely produced. There are illustrated cards for each character and maps and so on. If you've ever wanted to be in the heart of a murder mystery... I hope this is as close as you get. (laughs) If you like this, there's a line of them. The first one is suspect. Claire Harper takes the stage and it retails for about $30. The second game is a small game. It's good for a gathering of about three to five. It's called Scout. And it feels like a classic card game, but it has a modern design to it. In Scout, you are trying to get rid of your hand. That's it. It's like Uno, maybe, except a better game, I think. Another game you would never play with me. That uh, that is also accurate because (laughs) there's games like Scout. (laughs) In every hand, the lead player puts down a set or a run of cards, and the next player has to either beat it or pick up one of the cards off the table. And picking up one of the cards on the table might strengthen your hand. Maha! And sometimes picking up one of the cards on the table will leave you with too many darn cards in your hand. Hate that. Yeah. Can you get rid of all of those before the round ends? Figuring out that balance is a big part of the game. It's fun. It's light. It's a good time. It's Scout. And you can find that for about $23. Finally, let's talk about a game that gets a room full of people shouting. I mean, that could be any game if you work hard enough. (laughs) This one is particularly bent that way. Okay. It's called Ready, Set, Bet, and it will turn your living room into a horse track. Oh, fun. Yeah. You've got two boards in the box. One is a track. One player is the house. Their job is to roll dice and advance the horses as quickly as possible. And the other board is for betting. Betting happens while the race is going. There are your standard win, place, and show bets, and there are a series of proposition bets. So will a yellow horse finish in front of a red horse? Will all of the horses get out of the gate? That kind of thing. One copy of this game will entertain between four and nine players, but there are stories of people buying multiple copies for a larger crowd. If you need 15 to 20 people entertained, you could do it. Whoa, that sounds noisy and chaotic and fun. Yeah. So if you want to rile up your friends and family, give this a try. It's Ready, Set, Bet, and it's about $40 retail. And that's it. Suspects for a quiet, meditative couple of hours, Scout for a warm, small gathering, and Ready, Set, Bet for a full-on rager. Those are three board games I hope you get a chance to enjoy this season. Visit strongsenseofplace.com library for more on the books we talked about today and for links to all the games that Dave recommended. 
Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.